0: Welcome to Rappin PE. I'm your host, Stephen Buller. This is the place where we explore precarity, pedagogy, and physical education. This podcast is dedicated to physical educators of the future, past, and present. Episode 6, Part B, once again continues with Francina Hollingsworth, who is from Houston, Texas. Coach Hollingsworth teaches at Albright Middle School for the A-Leaf independent school district. I'm keeping this short and sweet. Wait for the beat. Here we go. Um I had um
1: I had a situation where um it was this was my um first year at my current school. And um, we were doing our state testing, which we call STAR. But I don't know if it was STAR then because they like to change the names and I can't keep up. So currently we have STAR. Several years ago, it was probably something else. But anyway, um, first year, they give me some um, a handful of kids. And these are the kids that, um, let's just say, Everybody can handle in the classrooms. And first, I'm like, you know, this is my first year in this building. How do they know I can handle these kids? I can, but, you know, that's another, that's another issue. <laughs> yeah. It's a so, trial they, by fire test. Right. <laughs> so, the kids, no, no problems. They ask me, can I go to the bathroom? I'm giving them bathroom breaks because they need these breaks. So this one particular boy, he's been out two times already, but he's not gone a long time. He goes, he comes back. He's doing what he needs to do. He's not starting, you know, he's not being disruptive or anything. So third time, I'm sending him to the bathroom. Next thing I know, The AP brings him in. She has riled him up and she's like, he's been to the bathroom three times already. He doesn't need to go to the bathroom no more. Don't send him out. So now he is like in a mood. You done stirred him up. You bring him back to me. We didn't have any problems. We got along. I was sending him to the bathroom. Now I'm like, I don't know this kid. Now I got to calm him down. So my thing was like, hey, I sent you to the bathroom. It's not me. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry this happened to you. But I sent you to the bathroom. I was trying to give you the break you need. So could you do me a favor? Don't take it out on me. <laughs> you know, I didn't I didn't do this to you. So I had to have a talk with him. I was really pissed off. And I couldn't let him see it. But I was like, look, you didn't riled this boy up during testing. He wasn't giving me any problems whatsoever. I'm allowing him to take breaks so he could, you know, get the break he need, get himself together, so when he come in, he could do what I ask him to do. And I'm just like, look, I still got several hours with this boy, and um, now you won't let him go to the bathroom anymore. So it's like crap like that that just burns your hide because you're like, what's that? really necessary, let this boy go to the restroom and come on back. If I didn't open the door and be like, hey, I need you to come get him, then you should be on your merry way and not worried about how many times this little boy had been to the restroom. If I'm not causing a scene because <laughs> I need help from him, then you shouldn't have any worries. You let him be, speak to him. Hey, how's testing going? That's all you need to worry about. Don't, so it's stuff like that.
0: Burn, oh, yeah.
1: not hide.
0: Oh, yeah. That oh, one, like going back to that story that I shared, that one was probably one of the few moments where I was actually like infuriated with mm-hmm. administration because mm-hmm. they're always trying to hamper down. Of, hey, you're working with kids that have traumatic experiences. And this is actually a principal who grew up in one of those neighborhoods, Mm. like the AP. So he knew kind of what he was doing. He was power tripping. I like the guy. I think he's a very good administrator and a very good educator. I just think he kind of made the wrong choice. It was the wrong battle.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Afterwards, I wrote a lengthy email because that student's like, they were violated like you were mm-hmm. disrespected them so i had to write this long email about why it was wrong and i already handled it yeah like it was right. over why do you have mm-hmm. to bring the dean why do you have to threaten cops like that's right so wrong it's like if i would have done that that would have been taken so far out of context
1: right like, you I probably would have been so written money. up
0: yeah like it would have been insane if that yeah if i would have done that let me just, ask you this.
1: How did the uh, administration respond to your email? Did they actually respond? And
0: no, there was like no response to it. I think mm-hmm. it was just kind of I sent it to the main principal and you probably read it and was like, oh, let me go handle this. I'm not going to reply back because I don't want <laughs> you knowing that I'm like dealing with it.
1: Yeah. I don't need a paper trail.
0: Because <laughs> after school, at the end of the day, I met with that student. We talked about it and she was just like bawling her eyes out. I was mm-hmm. like, All right, get it out. Let's talk about it. Like, yeah, you were disrespected and went through it. And talked about respect and boundaries. And it's like, yo, you did this. Yeah. This happened. It's not your fault. But mm-hmm. it would have never happened if you would have made a better choice or respected me from the get-go. Right,
1: right. Like, you don't
0: deserve to be disrespected like that. I will mm-hmm. I will defend you, but don't disrespect me again because right. you know me better than that, and I know mm-hmm.
1: you better than that. Right, right.
0: And never – like, that was, like, the last ever issue I've had with her, but mm-hmm. – few and far between and then i hear in other classes (laughs) how like that student went acting be like oh interesting
1: (laughs) yeah wow Hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean
0: i wish i would have been filled in by administration but i think because that was admin on admin Mm -hmm. they're not come come back and tell me no it was just kind of like hey we need to be mindful because i mean i would if i was to go back and actually Look at the data, I'm sure it would be really similar to Monique Morris's book, Push Out, how like yeah. black females tend to be mm-hmm. suspended at a much higher rate.
1: Right, and right. I know that
0: that was pretty much a situation at my high school too. And yeah. Administration was at that time, I mean, it bounced back and forth, but the mm-hmm. head principal is black and then one of the APs is black. Mm-hmm. And like, I thought that would have been like a thought process, like including with the deans and the people involved, I was like, maybe you should look at why you're suspending certain students. Because there would be some days where, you know, you file paperwork for things that are offenses that should be addressed.
1: And they're not.
0: Never addressed where you're like, oh, this kid did this. And here's the document trail, what I've done. And like, this is crazy. Yeah. And then somebody feels
1: they're still there <laughs> and then
0: somebody feels disrespected that's like on that chain of command high. oh yeah and oh. Just like instant here you go yeah they're, like, they're gone 42 bye like, <laughs>
1: yeah but they did the same thing to me i was like and i still they
0: worse <laughs> <laughs> they just backtalked to you <laughs> <laughs> and you you got mad because they called you out
1: <laughs> <laughs> now so, you know what um there is I actually read um, Push Out. Well, I listened to it and I did go to a screening of the uh, the movie. Um, I I like the book. I like the movie. I just still have so many issues because um, one thing that's not addressed. Yes, you know, education plays a part. But you know, it's also environment too that we have no control over. Mm -hmm. We, a lot of us, do the best we can, and a lot of the kids feel safe with us. But then when they leave out those doors, you know. So, for instance, um, there's a uh, former um, well, he was never my student, but I would keep up with him, a former student, um. He's a sophomore, I believe, in high school now. but when he was um, at my school, he's one of those kids. If you stop him, polite, yes, ma'am. No sir, what do you need? Like you would be like, "Hey, could you go run this errand for me now, remember, don't get in trouble. go come back. Like he was one of those kids. like you can kind of depend on him to do stuff. But when he got around his friends or, and I know, you know, kids like this Mm -hmm. or left the school and now he's with his neighborhood friends. It's like, what, 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 why, what were you thinking? You're not this kid. Like, but you know, it's just like, he always like, he had to prove himself. Like, um, If they jump someone, he had to jump in, but this is not your battle. This wasn't about you. Why are you even jumping in? Oh, but my boy. Okay. But now, now you're going to juvenile for a little while. Now you wear an ankle bracelet because of your boy, like every time, like when I, because he's in high school, you know, um, I do, um, I work high school games. So Mm -hmm. I'll go and, um, basketball games, volleyball games, he might go and attend. And I'll see him, we will talk. Yes, ma'am, no ma'am. Like, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are those grades? Uh are you staying out of trouble? Uh well, you know, and the thing is, like, there's so many kids with potential, but the environment that that they live in, they can't shake it. And we could do a lot of um, we could do a lot for our kids in the schools but as soon as they leave you know uh, things are out of our hands so that's one of the things that were was never addressed in the book or the movie. That I wish she would have touched on just a little bit, even though that wasn't the emphasis, but I wish she would have just a little chapter maybe, you know, Um, because people that are not in education that reads the book. Will just be like, okay, blinders on, it's the school, it's the school, it's the school. And sometimes, yes, it's the schools, and sometimes, yes, it is certain teachers, sometimes it's certain administrators, but at the end of the day, environment plays a huge factor. And um, and I wish, I wish that was addressed because my school district actually employs a lot of African American staff. We have a lot of African Americans in um, administration roles. So, that part of the book, you know, I'm like, okay, we do have a um, school environment that a lot of times reflects um, the kids. So, a lot of our students have multiple um, Black teachers from elementary all the way to high school. So that you know, so that's not a problem, but that's also, you know, only in my area. So that is not one of the main issues for a lot of our kids. The environment is a lot of issue for our kids and I wish like I said, I just wish you would have touched on that a little bit because that needs to be stated. Um, but you know, um, maybe she'll do a part two.
0: (laughs) Hopefully that's, that's actually a great critique and one that I've thought about as well, because Mm -hmm. like you, like you implied, I had many students and just environmentally Mm -hmm. once you leave the school, you're going right back into it.
1: Yeah. And
0: you put on a front sometimes for school. Mm hmm. And then when you leave, it changes everything. And depending on what's going on, your even your school life's impacted by that. And that's been a very commonality when I was at the high school and like just shootings, street Mm -hmm. beefs, and Mm -hmm. a lot of what happens. Like I can hear because I live in the same neighborhood that I taught for the high Mm -hmm. school and still do. You already know what's going on and whether that next day is actually going to be a worthwhile for education or not.
1: Right. Right.
0: And that's very sad. And you're right. A lot of times schools and teachers are a scapegoat because it's easy. Mm -hmm. It's easy to ignore the issues that are present. Right, It's just easier to do. And -hmm. people are comfortable ignoring reality for whatever reason they have.
1: Like Cause just... we see a lot, a lot, and, um, and a lot of things we see, there's nothing we could do about, you know, um, you know, we try to be the, the, uh, safe haven or the, the trusted adult, but a lot of times there, there's, you know, um, there's i I guess that's it. there's only so much we can do let me put it like that mm-hmm. um um so for instance i'm sorry i cut you off can you i'm sorry Are oh, you no, were saying I, something
0: you're good i actually i was just <laughs> trying to say agree mm-hmm.
1: okay um so um like the first school i taught in uh taught at was in um shreveport louisiana and so, um, a lot of oh, my students... I gotta
0: interrupt. Are you from Shreveport?
1: Shreveport? No, I'm not. Oh, okay,
0: I was just curious. I, I
1: have a you know where that's, that's
0: Shreveport? Yeah.
1: Shreveport.
0: Shreveport. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay.
1: <laughs> You're such a Yankee. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm <laughs> um. No. Um. I'm actually from. Um, uh, like a small, oh, it's not even a town, it's a community um, outside of Natchitoches, Louisiana, which is a small town. So it's like pronounce it. <laughs> Natchitoches.
0: <laughs> Natchitoches.
1: Natchitoches. Yeah, see? So it's like an hour south of Shreveport, give okay. or take, depending on how fast you're going. <laughs> um. So <laughs> So a lot of my kids are um they um a handful of, the, of them came from a, a a certain projects uh project in the uh in the area. So um I would have basketball players that would come to school super tired. And I'm like, well, you you know we had a fight last night, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And they'd be like, oh yeah, you know, um We had a big fight. My mama was fighting. Um, My sister was fighting. I had to jump in and help. So like a lot of these kids, they would go home and have like fights in their neighborhood. And it would, might be family versus this family fight. And they would come to school super tired, Um, you know, bruises, bruises, um, so me and a um another, uh another um lady coach, during basketball season, we told the kids, okay, during the season, we don't want you to fight. And they're like, okay, coach, we got you. During the season, they would not fight. <laughs> now soon as the season is over, they back fighting again. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's kind of like you gave them an expectation because um, they could they could hold off for so long, you know um, but once again they don't have the expectation or the the environment brings them in. Um, I had another um, student during the season, she had an altercation. Once she finished, she realized what happened. She came to us boohooing. I tried. I tried. I didn't want to, but I had to, you know, she, for some reason she had to fight, but she knew what our expectations was on her. Well, all of them. And she knew that we would be disappointed in her. And she didn't want us to be disappointed. So, you know, we had to give her some consequences to, you know, because of her actions, but we allowed her to come back on the team. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a battle, you know, it's an everyday battle, um, especially, um, If you are a teacher that really cares for the kids, if you are not just there to collect the paycheck and you're just like, okay, I'm done, and you don't really make connections with the kids, it is, um, teaching is one of those jobs that will uh, put a toll on you. It is a... um, is something that you truly have to do if you are in um, in the the career for um, for the kids to to actually be an educator um, and not just be here for a paycheck. Um, if you it really invest in the kids. it it takes a lot out of you. And it's just like, oh my gosh, like every day it might be something new, but every day is like draining. And when you get to the, on the weekend, you're just like plum tired. Like, like sometimes I'm like, I, I can't talk to my friends. I'm like, I'm tired. I got to recuperate so I could do this again on Monday. You know, it's like, look, like, I'm in the battle with these kids. I might not be going through everything they're going through, but them coming back and telling me what they're going through, it's, it's just draining. It's like you in it with them. So it's like you got to amp up your spirit, your mental capacity, you know, and you you just got to, like, amp up your body to be ready for whatever the kids need and sometimes it's just oof baby it's a lot it's it's a lot I
0: I can definitely relate to that it's very emotionally draining Mm -hmm. a term that I learned two years ago maybe three um vicarious trauma
1: Mm. it's a real
0: thing and yeah a lot of people don't understand that until you're yes. in those positions and how detrimental that can be to your mental health. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can legitimately empathize and envision what somebody experienced, that is a huge hole yeah. to take. And I was never prepped for that in college. Right? That and wasn't you, even you
1: never. You never prepped. This is nothing. And I don't know what they're doing in um, college education prep now, but this is nothing. They don't tell you about this. They just give you the theories of, you know, curriculum, but they don't really prepare you for the mental drain. They don't prepare you for um, the real world teaching, you know. Um, Because my college, we have uh, like um, lab schools. So they have an elementary and a middle school on our college campus where there's real teachers, but everybody that is in the um, um, education degree, we go to these schools to go observations, I met this student teaching, or, you know, some, some capacity we are going through. So the kids are used to seeing people, uh, teachers are used to uh, having people come in. So it's kind of like a experiment school, you, you know, so you still don't get the real world, uh, <laughs> you know. Okay, so my first year, I, if I was, I believe if I was another person and if I didn't have my teacher mentor, that would have been my last year. My first year, um, whew, it, it, it was hard, but you don't really get to the grind of who you are as a teacher. I say until about your third year your first two years, you still trying to figure out you and your kids. And I've really relearn education and learn how to teach um, what works, what they said works, but really doesn't in the real world. <laughs> it's been like, true. No, this, this is not how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um so as you know we're talking this is how I am normally I'm laid back cool breeze you know uh nonchalant most of the time but I enjoy talking to people and getting to know people now this is not how I am at work this is my my regular personality I have a work personality <laughs> so um, my first year, one of my um coworkers we met during the new teacher orientation, and she told me, she, you know, I'm pleasant. I'm kiki. K- hey, girl, how you doing? We're gonna be working together, getting to know each other. And she looked at me, and she was like, "Oh, the kids are gonna eat you up." And I'm like, "Well, what do you mean by that?" She was like, "You're too nice." I am. This this is my general personality. I am nice. Now, at school, I'm not as nice. I'm very structured, um, borderline mean. (laughs) But at the end of the day, um, my kids know what it is. Like, I am semi mean, but um, it's all in love, you know? (laughs) That's tough. like, you know, I I have my own struggles with my kids, but they didn't disrespect me. Um. So one day, the teacher that told me that the kids had hot dogs for lunch. After lunch, they had her class. And you probably know where I'm going with this. So during class, she got pieces of wiener <laughs> franks thrown at her. But the kids were going to eat me alive. No, baby, I think they done chewed you up. Like, so it's like people don't understand, okay, I could be a certain way with adults and other, you know, just people in general and still turn it on in my teacher, you know, role. Um, so you know, just because I'm like this doesn't mean the kids are gonna chop me up. I knew early how to send my handle kids. I just had to really develop, you know, a lot of things um my first year. Um, luckily I only had those group of kids one year and they moved on to my um mentor teacher. And um, but we were all still together. So they were still like coach, da-da-da-da, coach, da-da-da. You know, they would I was like, Jesus, can I get rid of it? When, when are you all going to high school, but uh But you know what? Like sometimes when I go home, I run into my old students at various spots. So like some of them recognize me immediately and some of them, they just look at me and they be like, are you a teacher? And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Yes, I am. And they were like, did you ever teach at Linwood Middle School? Yes, I did. <gasps> Coach Hollinsworth. And, and I'd be like, yes, girl. Hey, how are you doing? Now tell me your name again, because your face looks so familiar. And they were like, oh, such and such. And I'd be like, how you doing? It's so good to see you. Uh, one <laughs> I was at a festival, and all I heard was this loud, high screech, Coach Hollinsworth! And I'm like, oh my God, who is that? This little girl comes running up to me, almost knocked me over. She was like, do you remember me? And I'm like, well, let me look at your face. So I look at her, I just couldn't recall her name. She was like, you used to cuss me out every day. <laughs> and I was like, oh girl, I remember you. And <laughs> she was like yeah I needed that she was like "Ooh, I was bad and I was like "Ooh, yes you were." I, I held you yeah. <laughs> but, but you know um, you know certain kids you can say certain things to I, I didn't say that to all the kids but we had that relationship where I could not like D cuss her out now that I would never do that but I would say like like sit your ass down You know, every once in a while, and she'd be like, All right, coach, you know, so it wouldn't be, you know, like real, uh, it is cussing, but you know what I mean, you know, the extreme,
0: (laughs) the teacher style cussing,
1: yeah, you know, know the, yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm gonna get my point across without taking it to the extreme, like, I, you know, there's some things like, Jesus. So I won't take it there. But you know, it'll be like little stuff like that. Like, but I was too tickled with her because she was bad. But you know, we caught up. She uh I forgot. You know what she was doing at the time but she made a change in her life and you know she doing great things but it's like little things like that you love to hear and then you don't want to hear like oh you cuss me out every day that's not how you want to be remembered (laughs) but you know (laughs) sometimes to make it through (laughs) but that was early on in my teaching year that was like early early (laughs)
0: I guess it was maybe two weeks ago. I go and get gas at the gas station neighborhood that's like right by the school where I taught. I'm like, I still live in the same neighborhood, and I go in to just go pull out cash because I need cash out of the ATM. And often of hear this like just like similar snare, just like Mister Buller, like, like, and I'm like. Dang, I thought I was gonna make it home and just not have any interactions <laughs> with anybody. Right,
1: right. And then there's just like
0: this full-grown like young woman now from like my first year of teaching because I taught high school and she yeah. was a junior that year. I'm like, who are you? In my brain, I'm like, who is this? Who is this? Name didn't come until like a day or two later. I'm right, like, Oh, it was this person.
1: <laughs>
0: but it's so funny how you're like, ah, that person will forget me.
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: they really don't if you connect with them
1: right
0: it's a huge thing like if you're able to build that relationship and like what what would you recommend for a first-year teacher like how would you what would your advice be on building authentic relationships
1: um actually talking to the kids um like figure out the Real negative teachers. It's okay to complain because sometimes you have to vent and get it out. Um, but the just everything is negative, stay away from those negative teachers because they will they will do you harm. Um, so try to stay away from those teachers and don't be that teacher. Um, connect with the kids, but be authentic. authentic? Is that correct? Um, mm-hmm. Make sure that, like, kids could tell when you're fake and when you're just trying to be cool and you're not, you don't really care about them, but, like, that they, they could sniff you out. You know, they, they could be, like, some bloodhounds sometimes. Like, they could tell when you're fake and then a lot of them will call you out on it. So, um, you know, be prepared. But also, like... Um, Some things are not that serious. Like we mentioned before, like set your expectations. You could be the cool teacher, but also know how to have boundaries. Um, Let them know when, you know, they're, you know, they're about to cross those boundaries. Um, But don't, don't nitpick don't like we mentioned earlier don't push those buttons like say what you have to say and like sometimes I go on a preaching spiel and I be like look I I got to get this out so stop what you're doing because we we got to take a break because I got to talk for a little while and I'm like ah coach and I'm like no because y'all y'all got to understand like y'all have this illusion of things and we, we got to talk about it I got to get some things out but don't don't just be a nitpicker like if let's say for self cell phone whatever your cell phone policy is if someone has their phone out like I'd be like girl I see you over there so you either gonna put it up or you gonna give it to me and then I'm done now if they have it out again then I be like again okay. Go ahead and give it to me, but I don't have to be like, now this is the 10th time. I done told you. I don't have to, I don't have to do all of that. You know, like just, just be precise. Stick with your expectations. If you do one thing to this person, then you have to be consistent. Okay. Don't be wishy-washy with your expectations or your rules like stand firm now there are some things you you might have to make adjustments to and that's fine and um but don't be like oh well i can't think of an example right now but you know what i mean
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, be fair
1: yes if it fair. happens to one kid make yeah. sure it
0: happens the same way to another kid right they'll call you out
1: exactly they'll
0: know you're not being respectful to them right because you can't be fair and equitable to each student so then you will actually become you'll receive more disrespect because you essentially disrespected the students so if you respect them in the way that it's done 9.9 times out of 10 like you said it's a Mm non-issue
1: thank you for getting that out there because i wasn't
0: (laughs) coming
1: to get the the wording together So, like, so this is an example. So, my two of his daughters came through my school and um, both athletes. Um, I didn't teach them, but I coached, semi coached them. So, they were always around, but I didn't care that. They were my principal, my boss's children. They got fussed at just like everybody else. If, you know, and it's not like they actually did something, you know, really wrong. But, you know, there was... You, if everybody's getting these consequences, y'all are too. You know, you're not going to sit to the side because your daddy is my boss. No, you're getting these consequences too, baby. Come on, get on this line. You know, so, um, but that's the thing. Like, I didn't treat them different. You know, uh, I talked to them just like I talked to all the other kids. You know, I didn't give them... um a special halo because their daddy was my boss. No, baby, you have the same expectations for everybody else. and, you know, they they like that. They didn't get singled out because their daddy was the principal. You know, they got treated, you know, they didn't be like, oh, well, you know, since you're the principal's daughter, you come over and sit over here and no, you got treated like everybody else. So a lot of times that's what the kids just, they they want to be loved. They want to be treated fairly. Um, they don't want to be nitpicked. <laughs> But, you know, at the end of the day, you still have to be firm, stand your ground, and um, be real with them. Um, sometimes they're share things. Sometimes I, um, in health, I, I share a lot of uh, stories about my friends or things that I went through or my friends went through. And so, you know, I let them know. And um, some of them are so naive about things, but they be like, what? And I'd be like, yeah, th- true story, <laughs> you know, but they like those stories, you know, not just reading about it, but hearing people actually go through it or, you know, it's, us, because, for instance, with lice, I tell my girls, I be like, you know, it's hard for us to get lice, but we can't get it. And they be like, oh, no, coach. I be like, yeah, you know that weave yet you keep in your head for 10 years? You can get You can get I shouldn't have said that, but.
0: <laughs> I can refuse that if you want.
1: No, no just leave it because this is me. This is what you would get. I would say this in real life. So. Uh...
0: I mean, this would be pretty similar to the conversations at the high school. They look at me, they see a little dandruff and they'd like, yo, you got, you got lice. And somebody else in the back of the round would be like, yeah, only white people get lice. I'm like, no, that's no, that's, not how, yeah. no, that's not
1: how I you know, I tell my kids, so you know, weave and braids because depending on the way that you take care of your hair, you can be um, more prone to um, contracting lice. And then they saw, oh my god! And I'm like, you know, if you're taking care of your hair, you're fine. But just be careful. Um, And they're like, you know, it's like things like that they hear um, that you know they might not have heard before. Um, But yeah, but the Black Coalition, they might not like that comment. But that's okay. They could come talk to me. Mm, That's all right. (laughs) It happens. i can't believe you said that baby it's real shit
0: <laughs> I, yeah it's you gotta be real with uh mm-hmm. your students and there's moments yeah.
1: where
0: i had those moments like on a different end where what well, was one that was kind of entertaining but it was just done and like oh that's what it is this this was always a classic one i did with the high school early on mm-hmm. because they would be so disrespectful to you and i would and it would usually happen in regard to their questioning, why do I have a white teacher?
1: Mm. And we would talk
0: about like college and I was like, well, why don't you go to college and do it? Like, I, I would love for you to do it. Why don't you come? Like I'll help you teach class and stuff. And i are like, ah, but you guys don't get paid that much. I'm like, here, I'll show you my salary. And then we just did a basic math lesson and yeah. how there's a need for teachers
1: and mm-hmm. there's
0: roles that need to be filled and you right. can do this go do it this is how much mm-hmm. I make and they'd be like you make that every two weeks <laughs> yes like no you don't no you don't I was like all right hold on so I would go on the computer and then pop up my pay stub put it up on the board and he said they're like yo you really get paid that much to teach us it's like I'm here to teach you but if you're being disrespectful that doesn't right. create the best learning environment. You could go learn the same stuff I did or do something else. Mm-hmm. And then you could teach wherever you want, do whatever right, you want. Right, right. And they would just kind of stare at you like, you really make that much? I was like, yes, like, this isn't fake. You saw me log into the school's, like, website. And she's was like, oh. And then they would just, it would be done from that point on. They'd be like, all, all right, right, let's go. Ready to learn.
1: <laughs> yeah, they have a... a- disconnect when it comes to salaries, like, mm-hmm. baby, like, let's look this up, like, yeah. Now you Now, you're, you're brave, because I won't actually show them my actual paycheck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, at that yeah. point, it was only a year or two in, so. Oh,
1: OK. Oh, OK. So yeah. it was
0: only, like, <laughs> it was only, like, 53, which.
1: OK. That's, Wait, that's, what? That's, that's fair
0: moved to philadelphia honestly
1: oh, oh the wage taxes <laughs> oh okay it disappears
0: okay well never mind i'll
1: stay my foot in texas <laughs> but i can't say um i moved here in um what did i move here 2002 and my salary almost it doubled it uh was close to my monthly salary almost was close to tripling that's how, and then I was mad with myself that I actually spent three years in Louisiana. I was like, man, I should have got my degree and be like, love y'all, see y'all on the holidays. You know, Because, but actually it was for the best. My three years uh, in Louisiana taught me a lot. So, um, but it's, it's like what, what prompted me to move? Like I said earlier, I majored in um, health and physical education. So I have uh, a friend that was transitioning. She, her degree, uh, biology, that was her degree. So she was, you know, having a hard time figuring out what she was going to do with that. She went to pharmacy school for a little while, but she decided, you know what, let me go into teaching. So she told me how much she was making without a teaching degree, you know, just like I didn't prepare, you know, she didn't prepare for education. She was just like, um, until I figure out what I'm going to do with my life, I'll teach. So when she told me that, uh, her salary, I was like, say what now? Okay. You know what? I'm done. Uh, Louisiana, I love you. I, I got to go next door to Texas, you know, um, because if she's making this much, trying to figure out what she's going to do with her life, let, let me come over here because, you know, I'm prepared for this life. So let me uh, make the salary um, that I'm supposed to make without struggling. So in Louisiana, I had a I I taught, I coached, um, and my, I think I still have a paste up. So my take home pay, we got paid once a month was $900. Yes, 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 Whoa. yes. I, no lie. So that's teaching and coaching. I had a part-time job. Uh, and I did, um, uh, uh, work here and there for the boys and girls club. No, not the Boys and Girls Club. I take that back. Um, Girl Scouts. So um, so even all of that, I was still oh, and um uh, one of my best friends, we were roommates. So I had to have a roommate because there was no way I could survive on my own. Um, I was like, okay, let me figure I, I need I was about to get another part-time job because it was. It wasn't cutting it. Luckily, I just moved the state over, and it it helped. <laughs> you know, yeah. and and that's what's so frustrating. Where and I don't blame teachers when when I see teachers striking, I I'm like, yes, get what you need. Because if I was still in Louisiana, I would still be struggling. You know, I that I would still probably have a part-time job and another little side job, just to make a, not even, just to just stay a little bit above water, you know? um, and, And that's what's so frustrating because we put all of this work in and, you know, it's like, we get knuckled and dined and it's like, okay, like, you know, I I went to college to do this for a living, you know, and yet, and still, I got to worry about this, 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 and this, and worry about the kids I teach, you know, and and I don't have my own family, you know, so I don't have uh, to worry about a husband and kids, but, you know, for the educators that worry about their media family, you know, then worry about their kids, worry about their livelihood, is a lot. And a, pe- a lot of people just, they don't get it. They don't understand. They're like, oh, but, you know, you get paid. Oh, you make a dis- decent living. No, not for all the things that we have to do. And then if you do extracurricular activities, if you uh, do tutorials, sometimes we, a lot of times we get paid, but we don't get paid for the value or the time we put in. So yeah, oh yeah, we get paid for that. But why do I have to work harder and longer just to get extra money? We don't get bonuses. Like we don't just be like, you know what? Because you teaching your ass off let, let me give you uh some extra you know just to cheer you up we don't get that you know we we get hey we have tutorials you you for 25 dollars an hour you want to work this uh you know what yes i need this extra money let me work this uh and this is on top of other stuff you have to do you know um So it it gets frustrating, and I don't know how I got on this, but I don't
0: know how. I mean, that's (laughs) that's a perfect part to kind of have that discussion, because our whole discussion today was about essentially precarity and Mm -hmm. pedagogy and precarity, like the uncertainty that even teachers face, and that's something Mm -hmm. that we don't really discuss openly. It's more or less if you're a teacher, you're supposed to, you know, bear that burden, throw it Mm -hmm. on your back, not speak of it. You're supposed to be sacrificial essentially. Yeah. And you're seeing that now with the comparison with essential workers, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: essential workers are in that same boat. Now it's
1: right. Right.
0: You're a hero because you're sacrificing for others, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that they're going to throw that pay or that respect that should be there they're just going to like label it in a certain way.
1: Yeah. So, and as you know, like, oh yes, teachers, we love you. We love you. But are are you going to advocate for us? Are you going to go to your legislator and be like, Hey, when education comes up, we need to make this mandate, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, form this bill? Or are you just going to be like, for now, because it's the hot thing to post, are you going to, you know, when it's really time, are you just going to sit back and be like, nah, I don't have time to advocate for y'all. You know, y'all did a great job during the uh, Corona-19 virus and, you know, going online. But, you know, now with, you know, you, I'm sorry, just thunderstorm but now you're not uh really worried about us anymore you know so how 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 much are you gonna praise us are you gonna praise us where you are actually helping us or are in you know making a real change in education and a real change for us or are you just gonna post on social media something that's hot for now that make you seem cool and you know down with us
0: yeah, we're we gonna have are we gonna have more keyboard warriors?
1: Right. Have
0: more advocates and like mm-hmm. partners in education. Right. Which actually brings up a really crucial question that I think many teachers kind of forget about. I know with us specifically, we essentially are trained in this. Mm -hmm. what would you recommend for teachers just to do to develop like a mental health routine to get through because you got to deal with vicarious trauma depending on the circumstance you're in you're dealing with emotions off the wall you're Mm -hmm. dealing with so much stress between your depending on your state the state testing right roles that you have to fill beyond just being the educator
1: right Um, there's, there are several things. Um, I'm going to probably say quite a bit, and this is not for people all to do is these are just ideas that people can do and they can pick what they choose. One thing is at the top self-care. You got to take care of yourself because I'm sure you heard this before, like if something happens to you where you can no longer teach, they're gonna replace you. They might send you some flowers. They might call you maybe a couple of um Let, let me be realistic. They might call you once or twice, twice pushing it. Um, if you're close to certain people, they might check on you often, um, and then you're replaced. So you have, you, have to take care of yourself. And whatever it is that you enjoy doing, take care of yourself. Bubble bath, massages, whatever it is, just like I notice when I come home, it's silent. I don't turn the TV on anymore. I don't turn the radio on. I just need peace and quiet. And sometimes that's all people need, a quiet spot in the house to sit and decompress in their car before they go into the house and deal with their family. Um, you know, whatever the case might be, but they have to take care of themselves because like I said, if something happens to them, the um, they're going to be replaced. Um, next, um, to counseling or therapy i know in um the uh, african-american community that's taboo uh the younger generation is doing um better about seeking help um you know and then they're pushing the older generation to do that so it's um it's still taboo but you know People are coming around. Sometimes you might not, re- you might not per se have issues, but you might just need to talk to someone that's a professional to get things out. Um, I'm probably gonna step on a lot of people's toes because people are gonna be like, "Well, I just pray. I, um, you know, I, I, I ask the Lord, you know, for help. That is fine. I." you know, I grew up in the church, you know, I pray, but sometimes I need a professional that the Lord was like, you know what, I need you to be a therapist. I need you to go this alley. So sometimes I need a professional that the Lord soft bring into my life, you know, um, because um, when I need Prayer guidance, I need uh, religious help. I'm going to turn to um, my pastor and the prayer warriors and all this and that. But when it comes to mental health, you you need to go to a professional. That's that's why they're there. Um, They're, you know, and I put religion in it. You know, because we have a lot of religious folks that don't seek out help because um, they're relying on certain things. And that's why I said God brought people into certain <laughs> fields so they can reach out. It's it's OK. It's OK, my Christians um, or rel- whatever religion you are. Uh, like I said, I'm. Um, I was brought up Baptist. Uh, so um, I understand like prayer that it works. Reading your Bible, it works. But sometimes you have to talk to someone else that can give you um more guidance on things. Um and um and, and it is okay. The Lord knows what you need, and he might have brought this therapist in your life to bring you guidance. Okay, I'm preaching now, but (laughs) I have to say that because some people, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, but some people are like, I'm just going to pray on it. Yes, pray on it and pray that the Lord sees this therapist in your life (laughs) to get you this mental health. Okay, I'm done with the religion. Sorry. Okay, so, And if you're spiritual, okay, let's go the spiritual route because not everybody is religious. So some people are spiritual. So they might need to do yoga. They might need crystals. They might need to um, sage smudge their house um, to bring those energies in. They might have to align their chakra. So, you know, you have whatever. If you're religious, if you're spiritual, whatever your avenue is, you might have to, you know, get your practices in order, but you might still need that um that therapist, that counselor to also help guide you. Okay, so then <laughs> I'm sorry, I just have to say that because you know when you're brought up in the church, but you're open minded. Um, you see a lot of things and you see people that will shy away from the help their need they need because it doesn't align with their religion. And sometimes you have to let people know it's okay. It's okay to be religious and still seek this out. It's okay to be spiritual and still seek this out. Okay, that preaching. <laughs> oh lord this is like the the okay. pastors in my family they're coming through me <laughs> But
0: you are sorry. fine i i get it it's i come from a really conservative area right. so yeah that mentality also carries within that right of central pa and
1: mm-hmm.
0: sometimes it is Taboo for certain areas of the country where, like, you, why would you go do that?
1: Right, like, exactly.
0: Why would you even think about going to talk to a therapist because there's so mm-hmm. many negative connotations? And I mean, just historically, how we treat people with mental illness definitely, I feel like, can scare people from going through that process. Um, but that actually leaves us at a perfect point to kind of stop. Once again, I want to thank you, Fran, for joining us. And thank you to everybody who was listening to this long but very in-depth and great episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. Check out the resources provided in the description. Please subscribe to our podcast, hashtag WrappingPE. If you have any questions or would like to be a guest on the show, you can email me at wrappingpe at gmail.com. Goodbye for now. But until the next time, check out our Twitter page, which is up and running and kind of gives quick links to other physical educators that have been on the show or ones that I follow. Um, But until next time, I want to wish you peace and love.